Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Come on, you, I can still hear you're full of turkey and ham, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, pie. See, there it is. Y'all still with me. Very good. Hey, listen, it's good to see you guys this morning. We are super excited. And uh, man, we know there's a lot of uh, you that are watching us online. You're still with your families. You're traveling. And that's fine. A bunch of slackers. We'll see you. Next week, I'm totally kidding. Listen, we, we love when people get to go see their family. We love when people get to go and, and, uh, and just love one another. And, and that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? And so, man, we love when that gets to happen, but we also uh, we, we love that you are here today. And we're kicking off our God With Us series. Say God With Us. And so we're kicking off this God With Us series, and, and this is the Christmas season, and, and, and uh, even in the pipeline this past week, which is, what our, is like our leadership training course that we do here at TC, and, and even in the pipeline, we talked about Jesus, the, the incarnation of God, God becoming flesh on earth, and, and the Bible says that he left the riches of heaven and became poor so that you and I might become rich. And so this is the season that we celebrate not just uh, gifts and not just uh, the things that are going to come throughout this month and the amazing opportunities, but man, I hope that your heart grabs a hold of the truth that God has come to be with us. And I hope that the power of that statement sets into your heart and to your mind, uh, God with us. I want to invite you to say that with me right now. Just say, God with us. All right, that was mediocre at best. All right, so let's all say it together. God with us. And so that's what we want to celebrate today. We're going to go straight into Matthew 1, 23. And, and this is where we get that idea from, right? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it again, God with us. And we all know the times that God is good to us, don't we? It's not hard to identify times when God is good, is it? Right? You pull up at McDonald's and the McFlurry machine is working that day. Yes, Lord. When you drive past Krispy Kreme with no intention of stopping, but the light is flashing. Shoo, come on. Y'all know I'm talking about God is good to us. How many of y'all went Black Friday shopping? Any, any shoppers? Listen, how many, how many just went shopping in general this past weekend and saw the circus that is Pensacola right now? Right? Did any of you ever, have any of you ever been shopping like that? And, and as you were pulling up to the store, you had to go in and fighting the crowds. You had to fight to get that $20 sweater for $18. And you pull up and there's a front row spot waiting for you. Come on, tell me that ain't it right there. You give God some serious praise in that moment, don't you? 
But how many know it's not hard to identify some of the things that God does for us? But, but sometimes uh, you can be in situations where you are riding the mountaintops. And as you are riding the mountaintops, you very quickly find yourself in the valley. Anybody ever been there? You, things are going extremely well. And it's like in one second, things cave in. I remember uh, Easter of 2016. We had just moved into uh, the uh, other property that we were at. So we had left one property where we were in three services for three years, 8, 10, and 12. And I can tell you this, whoever showed up at 12 o'clock service, I don't even know what they looked like. Because after two services, you're going into the third one. You don't even see people anymore. You just see shapes and colors. So you're just like, ah, while you're preaching. But we were, we were in that, we moved into a new building, and, and it was the very first Easter that we were in the building. Now, to catch some of you up, maybe you're new today, uh, you, you don't know the story of our son. My son Jabin uh, ha- had gotten sick with a disease, and, and it caused him to have seizures and, and many things that affected his body. And, and, and so on Easter 2016, it's, it's our first Easter in the new building. We're, we're going nuts. It's a big party. We're about to baptize all these people. I mean, it was crazy, y'all. Like, it was, we were so looking, it was going to be amazing. My wife didn't get to go because our son was not at the point at this time where he could be out in public a lot because the seizures had gotten so bad. And I remember I just walked off the stage and things were going so well. We had just finished this worship set, which was epic, by the way, because we had all these horns and it was this thing. And it was awesome. I just walked off the, off the stage and, and my, my cell phone ring. And for those of you that remember the, the DeSoto building before we came here, there was a hallway on the, each side of the stage. And I had literally just walked into that hallway. And I, I looked out of my phone and my wife was calling me and I answered the phone and she says, I need you to come home right now. And I, and I said, what's going on? And she said, Jabin stopped breathing, but this time his heart stopped. And so I rushed out of the hallway, drive home, and on the way home, I remember just thinking to myself, like, I need a moment. Because I was at the highest point of our mountain. But when my world got hit at one time, I went from the highest mountaintop to the lowest valley. And I don't know about you, maybe you've been there where, where you've been riding high, like, man, you, you, you feel like you're, you're doing good, right? Like, man, things are rocking for you. And maybe you're there now, right? Like, like maybe uh, your marriage is good, but your kids are buck wild. Like, you and wife are clicking great, but Johnny got suspended for the 14th time. Oh, it's real now, right? Right, maybe, maybe uh, things are doing well. Your, your career is good, but maybe your marriage is terrible. Maybe your home is fantastic. Kids are good. Wife is good. Or husband's good. Things are just, things are rocking. Like maybe, maybe you're at that place where everything is, is good, but you just got a doctor's note or a pink slip or just found out your job is going to be changing things up and you may not be working tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. And how many know you can be in the mountain, but it doesn't take long for sometimes life to bring you into the valley. 
And, and in the in, in scriptures, the valley represents a number of things. In the valleys is where battles would take place. In the valleys is where depression could set in. In the valley is where danger existed, right? And so you could get robbed in the valley. There were thorns in the valley. There was pain in the valley. And you know what I have found to be true? And I really hope this resonates with you. And I'm not, I'm not going to keep you at a low place for long uh, because uh, we're going to talk about some mountaintops in a little bit as well. But how many guys know that we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we truly get to know him intimately in the valley? How many know you, you know God differently when you know you need him versus when you think you need him? I, I said, how, how many of you have recognized that when you... Look to God saying, things are good, God, but I I just want to give you credit. That's a different kind of prayer than, God, everything is falling around me, and I need you right now. Now, I know none of y'all have prayed that before. Oh, we could be real today, can't we? How many of you have experienced valleys? And how many of you know that it's in those valleys where you got one of two choices? You can either lean on God. Or you can lean away from God. The good news is, is if you lean on God, there's someone there to catch you. But if you lean away from God, you are falling flat on your face. And I mean that in the loving, most graceful way. Let's go to Psalms 84, 5 through 7. Let's look at uh, this scripture. So in your notes, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Right? In whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. And the the Baca tree that we see uh, in the Bible there, the, the Baca tree, uh, is, is what some would call a weeper, a weeper tree. And the reason that is, is that the Baca tree kind of had this sap that flowed out of it, and it was like constantly flowing. So some would even call it like a, the tree of tears. So it was this, the, the valley of Baca was the valley of this tree or these trees where the, it looked like weeping trees, right? And so what would happen is we see in those valleys all those dangerous things, all those difficult things. And how many guys will agree with me and you can sympathize with your own valleys that in those valleys is where we find ourselves in these difficult places. How many guys know that it, you are never lower than you are in your valley? How many of you know you are never struggling more than you are in your valley? How many of you know you are never more angry or frustrated? Depression never sets in worse than when you're in your valley. How many of you know that once you get in your valley, it seems like that's when things start going wrong even worse? Any of y'all ever had that feeling like, man, when it rains, it pours. It wasn't bad enough your car broke down. Now your air conditioner went out. And someone hacked your bank account and you got no money. Sitting there like, God, so you're just playing games, huh? When we're in the valley, that's when it gets so hard. But uh, I want to take you back. And we're, we're actually going to revisit Psalm 84 over and over. Because I want to show you what is happening in this passage, right? Psalms 84, verse 5 says, Blessed are those whose, say this word with me, strength is in you. Right? 
You know that Christians have a different kind of strength. Now, if you're here today and, and you don't know God, he, you, you don't know him as your savior, you're, you're not close to him. If, if you're in that place today, I, I'm here to tell you that there is something special. There is a uniqueness. There is something that is powerful about how Christians, about how believers, about how those that love and belong to God navigate through difficult circumstances because there is a strength that we can obtain that is not our own. There is a heavenly strength. There is a supernatural strength that when our strength runs out his strength picks us up that's why the the bible says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness that when we become weak there is a strength that comes from god that carries us through there's been times when I have found myself in the valleys. There's been times where I've found myself hurting and broken. There have been times where I didn't think I could go on. And then a supernatural strength comes and keeps you going. It moves you with grace. It carries you in mercy. And every time you put a foot forward, you didn't know you could make it. But there's something supernatural that keeps you going. And his name is Jesus. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. I was working out with... One of our guys, Eli, uh, at our gym that we have in our garage. So Eli's been coming over, and, and uh, there's a significant weight class between me and Eli. Eli. Eli is a cool 140 or something like that, and I am definitely 140. So <laughs> some of y'all are going to get that in a second. I think I've doubled that man up. Anyway, so... Uh, I took him in the gym, and, and, and there's, a, there's a natural strength. When you're a bigger dude, there's a natural strength that you have. Y'all ever heard that before? Like he's a, They're naturally strong. They cannot lift for three years and come back and lift again, and, and they're still higher than a lot of people that have been lifting for a while. Like, there's a natural strength that comes from being a bigger dude. <laughs> anyway, so, but I remember he came over, and I was like, all right, man, I'm going to run you through this shoulder workout that I do. And, and so he said, okay. And so we, uh, I put him through this shoulder workout and so uh, does all his overhead presses. So he's doing that. And then I put him on this kind of routine where you, you kind of burn out. Anybody know what burning out is when you're working out? Where you do as many reps as you can until you just can't no more. And so then uh, I gave him one more set and I said, are right, you going to do this? And, and so uh, we took all the weights off the bar. Homeboy's just lifting the bar, y'all. And he tries to push it over his head. And he, like, it was one of those like, Arr! that bar wasn't moving. Like, he was giving it all he had. And so finally, I, I come behind him, I'm like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to do eight of these. And he's like, he looked at me with that face. And so I said, we're going to do eight of these. And so he got the first three, and then he got to four. And can I tell you something? Four wasn't happening. So I come behind, I'm like, no, we're going to do all eight of these. And so I was picking the bar up. Four. Five. You know what I noticed? I noticed the bar was getting heavier for me. And on eight, I don't even know if he had his hands on the bar. I was lifting eight, y'all. My man had gave up. You want to know what's special about that? Many of you have been on four, five, six, and seven of your valley, and you don't have anything left to lift with. 
You've been in such hard places that, man, it's been so difficult to keep going. Can I tell you something? God is behind you. And every time you can't make six, guess where he's at? Come on, you got this. And when your strength runs out and you say, I don't, think, I don't think I can go anymore. He says, no, 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 you can't. And even when you get to eight and you're literally not even touching the bar anymore, guess what's still happening? The Bible says that he makes a way for us. And so, man, when we keep going, God's strength supernaturally sets into our life. You know what's real special is God does that for us. And then sometimes God gives us people that does that for us. How many of you have ever had someone in your life, they lifted when you couldn't lift? They encouraged when you didn't have nothing left. How many, how many of you wanted to, you were so mad you wanted to cuss them out because they were too encouraging for you? You was at your low point. They was like, come on, Jesus has got this. You're like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Oh, just me, huh? Okay. I said, how, but how many of you know we need people in our life that keep pushing us when we can't push ourselves? That's why we're so big on small groups. And maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you have that gift where you're like, no, no, no. You believe in people. You can support people. I'm here to tell you, coming up in January, we're going to have a chance to kick off some small groups. And what a way to show people who God is in you to become a person that encourages others and believes in them. We got a phenomenal small group leader that just came through. Her name is Lydia. Uh, and I wanna, we just want to share a small portion of her story about this last semester. Go ahead and roll it, guys. And I'm from Pensacola, Florida. I grew up in church, but my first big moment with God was when I was in eighth grade. We went to Paradise Weekend at Hillcrest, and it was the last day we sang um, You Never Let Go. And the line, I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on, and there will be an end of these troubles. That really spoke to me at the time. Um, that was around the time that I first was diagnosed with depression and like was struggling with a lot of things, and it was just like a lot of hope that I really needed in my life. Um, I had wanted to kind of give back to my church community for a long time uh, since I got my personal trainer certification. Uh, I never really saw the opportunity to do it. I never sought out the opportunity to do it. Um, so when I came to TC and, you know, discovering the way that TC does the small groups that, you know, you have this uh, topic that you center your group around, I was like, well, that's the perfect opportunity. The, our first meeting, I just kept thinking it's going to fall through. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. Like, I'm not going to get to do this. Um, and so it was uh, seeing my small group listing on the church website was kind of almost like, okay, maybe this is gonna happen. It's starting to like get real. And then my first uh, meeting, like it was uh, getting to be right around six o'clock and nobody had showed up yet. And I was getting real nervous. I got the knock on my door, uh, you know, it was my, like all three people who had signed up for my group, they all came in. And so I just kind of got to know them and, you know, was asking them, what do you guys need from me? And what do you want to get out of this group? And uh, we just had a, a really great conversation through them coming to my small group. We start off each group with our joys each week. Uh, so just something that, you know, made us happy throughout the week. And then uh, we end with our prayer requests. So each week getting to hear, you know, something that made someone happy this week and along with something that, you know, they may be struggling with or that they need prayer for. Um, those things I think really just bring out uh, a lot of intimacy and you just get to know people a lot better. My group members have given me a lot more confidence in areas that I wasn't very confident in or they've been, just been like really encouraging to me. We are our own worst critics and everybody else out there has so much more grace than we think that they do. Um, I had obviously so many different uh, reasons why like I shouldn't start a small group but in actually doing it I see that all those reasons that I had to not do it they're like 
just stupid things that were in my head. So how many of you guys know that we all have people in our life that we can be encouraging for and we need encouragement from? And so I just want to encourage you guys, man, if you're like Lydia, maybe there's like, there's something in you where you have it in you to encourage other people. We want to let you know that you can start signing up for the small group soon. We're going to announce that and make it available where you can start registering your group uh, if you want to lead one, and you can be the encouragement, you can be the person that helps lead others. And how many guys know we all need someone that when we can't lift that bar anymore, they can help us lift it? But how many of you are grateful for the one that even if friends or people aren't around, he never fails us? Because God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You see, what's unique about the scripture here in Psalms is if you look at it, uh, it doesn't say uh, God's strength is given to those. It says, blessed are those who, how many know it doesn't say, blessed are those who grit and grind and make it happen? How many know that it, it doesn't say, blessed are those who put it in seven days a week and take no days off? How many, if we look back at Psalms 84, you see that it doesn't say, blessed are those who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It doesn't say, blessed are those who are independent. Blessed are those that don't need nobody. You're going to do it by yourself. When we look at Psalms 84, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in God. And so often we get it confused. Because what happens is, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I have tried so many times to make th something happen on my own. Like, I, I've put in the work to make me be the strength to carry me through. Anybody ever done that before? Like, you're just going to make it happen. You're just going to grit. You're going to grind. You're going to go, right? You no, know, just me? All right, very good. We try to push through, and guess what happens? We don't get there, do we? You want to know why? Because eventually your strength runs out. The reality is, we were not created to be independent. We were created to be dependent. On God. We were not created to be independent. We were created to be dependent on God. Psalms 84, 5 says, What joy, this is in the New Living Translation, all right? So the different translation puts it this way What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Israel. So who have set their minds. Can I tell you something? What you think about in this journey matters. Hear me today. Where your mind is when you're in the valley, it matters. The, the Bible says that we should set our mind on things that are admirable, things that are lovely, to think about those things. See, that Paul says, when he's writing, he says, put your mind on Christ. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are below. That we should have our attention put on God. Your circumstances may be in the valley, but your mind needs to be on the mountain where God is. You may be going down here through things, but you need to have your mind fixed. And so we have to realize and have our mind fixed that uh, we need to decide ahead of time. Before we ever find ourselves in the valley, we need to know that we need to declare that my God is for me, that he is with me, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that my God shall supply 
all my needs according to his riches and glory, that my God goes before me and he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is with us. And we have to grab a hold of that truth. When we go back to the New Living Translation, you know that Jerusalem there in that verse is, Jerusalem is considered a city of peace or a, a place of refuge. The translation of the name Jerusalem literally comes down to the place of peace. Can I tell you something today? Your valley, your valley is the pathway to the person of peace. You see, the valley of Bacchus, when you look at the translation there, it says that it will take us through the valley of Baca, which means some translations you see in the Bible where it talks about the valley of tears or the valley of weeping. Can I tell you something today? That going through the valley of tears, sometimes you have to go through the valley of tears to get to the place of peace. And for some of us, sometimes we have to go through the valley of tears to get to the person of peace. And his name is Jesus because he's God with us. And so what you think about matters. And so we're passing through the valley, but here's what you want to remember is that as we're passing through the valley, we want to encourage you to know that you may be going through the valley, but it's not your destination. You may be going through the valley, but it's not your destination. And so what we need to understand is that the road to peace, hear me today, the road to peace, whatever's on the other side, the mountaintop that waits for you, whatever it is, you have to go through the valley to get to the promise. Whatever God's going to give you, whatever he's going to bless you with, whatever he has in store for you, sometimes you got to make it through some valleys of tears. And so as we go through that valley, we get to this place with God. And, and then that takes us to Psalm 84, 6 in the King James Version that says literally that they make it a well. Say well. Turn to your neighbor and say well. Now I don't mean like well. But they make it a well. And what that literally means there is that whenever you're in a dry place, whenever you're going through a valley, whenever you're at a lowest point, sometimes you don't need, need to grit and grind. Sometimes you need to stop and create a well. You need to dig down to where you can find the very spring of life that God wants to give you. Sometimes when you're in the lowest point, sometimes when you're in the valley of tears, sometimes when you're in a desperate place, that is the time where God wants to pour out his spirit on you. He wants to show you who he is, but whenever you're in that dry place, sometimes you have to dig the well so that you can create a place where God's presence can be contained for you right where you are. And we want so badly to get through our seasons, but God wants to show up in our seasons. Here's what that really comes down to. Show God your faith and he will show you his faithfulness. If you build, if you dig it, he will fill it. If you build it, he'll stay at it. If you, if you prepare it, then he'll present himself in it. He'll provide. Why? Because God is with us. Can I tell you something though? God rarely reveals himself to people that are rushed. Hear me today. 
God rarely reveals himself to people that are rushed. Anybody ever been in such a hurry you didn't give God any time? Just four of us, the rest of y'all lying. Can you, you guys remember uh, <clears throat> Moses in the burning bush, right? The burning bush. Uh, can you imagine him flying by 75 mile an hour? Wham! Oh, look, a burning bush. Boop. Snapchat. I'll post that bad boy on Instagram. It ain't even going up and smoking. No, it's just burning. How many of you know that's not how it worked? God said, hey, take off your shoes and stay a while. And so often we want God to reveal himself to us, but we're in too big of a rush to see the revealing. And sometimes in your valley, that's the place where God wants to slow you down a little bit. Say, hey, listen, stay a while. And it's in those places where God wants you to dig a well. Now, I don't necessarily literally mean to go into your backyard and start digging. (laughs) What I mean is to create a spiritual place where you can hold You can be present with, you can receive from the presence of God that's going to carry you through your valley. It's going to carry you through your season. I remember uh, going back to the Easter story. When my wife called me, she said, I need you to come home right now. And I don't question my wife hardly ever. So I definitely wasn't going to question her then. Unless she says she wants healthy food. And then I'm like, oh, salads. But on, in all reality, I, she called me and she said, uh, I need you to come home right now. And so I, I rushed home. And by the time I had gotten there, the ambulance was already there. And she had done CPR on our son and got him breathing again. And I'll never forget how helpless I felt. You see, I'm a controller by nature. I mean controller, y'all. But in that moment, there was nothing I could do. And so uh, I, I remember talking to her. We had another service coming up. And I asked her, I said, do you, do you want me to stay here? And I'll tell them to figure something else out. Or, or do you think it's okay if, if I go back to the church? And, At this point, he was okay. The nurse was going to be staying there for a while. And she said, just go. It'll be fine. Just go. So I reached down and I prayed for him. We prayed together as a family. And so I'm driving back to the church service. And I remember while I was driving, telling God, like, hey, God, I need you to meet me right now. everything that's going on over here, everything that's going on over here. And I just, I need you to meet, I I need some time with you. And I I pulled into the parking lot at the church and, and, you know, Tommy and the parking lot team are out there and, you know, Tommy's never having a bad day. So he's all smiling and high-fiving and I'm like, man, leave me alone for a second. And I parked my truck and I just sat there and I was looking at my clock and I knew service was going to be starting in like 10 minutes. And, 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 but you know what? I blocked everything out and I said, God, I need, I need you to meet me right now. Because if you don't meet me right now, I don't know if I can keep going. Sound familiar? And so, you want me to tell you what didn't happen? I didn't see angels come sit in my truck with me. 
God himself didn't show up in the passenger seat. But you want to know what did happen? This overwhelming peace settled in on my shoulders. And all of the weight that I had here, I was back in the lifting mode where I had got to six and seven and I had nothing left. And for number eight, it was like someone else lifted it for me. Because here's the deal. God never promised you wouldn't go through the valley. He promised you wouldn't go through the valley alone. And for some of you, you're on five or six. And I'm here to tell you today that there is a supernatural strength that can only come from God that can carry you through the darkest valley. It can carry you through the most difficult times. He's faithful to show up for you. The virgin shall be with child and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Let's go to Psalms 84, seven. And it says, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And you go from strength to strength. And and what that literally means is that there's an existing strength, but there's also a better strength. And can I say something? You may have received some strength now, but there's another strength coming. And you may receive that strength, but then there's another strength that can come after that. And and once you've received that strength, there's another strength that can come after that. The strength that is made perfect in your weakness. The strength that carries us when we feel like we can't go any further. The strength that goes with us through the valley. And Psalms 121, 1 and 2 says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? But then the psalmist comes back and he says, my help help comes from the Lord. My son, Jabin, last year on May 18th of 2018, went home to be with the Lord. He's in heaven. And people have asked us over and over since that point, how do you guys keep going? Well, number one, I don't really know the answer to that. Other than when I couldn't lift seven, God lifted eight. I don't know the answer to that other than there's a strength that God gave us to go through him having his disease. But then we found out that there's another strength that God gave us after he took him home. And and can I tell you something? There's going to be another strength that God gives us to get through the next thing. And there's going to be another strength that God gives us to get through the next thing. And for you and wherever you are, whatever valley you're going through, there's another strength that God's going to give you. Strength to strength. And whenever you feel like you can't go anymore, whenever you feel like you're done, whenever you feel like you're ready to tap out and you're saying, God, I'm finished. I can't keep going. There's another strength that God wants to give you. And all you have to do when you're in the valley is look up to the hills. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord. Because going through the valley, and this is what I want you to grab a hold of today, going through the valley, that's up to God. But staying in the valley, that's up to you. 
There's a strength God wants to give you to carry you out of the valley. There's a strength God wants to give you to take you to a new mountaintop. So going through the valley, that's up to God. You will go through valleys, but staying there, that's up to you. And if you're ready to get out of that valley, if you're ready for God to take you to a new place, if you're ready to look for the help that comes from the Lord, I'm here to tell you that he has not left you alone. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he is with us. What's great about this is there's so many mountains. How many of you know there are plenty of valleys? But there's also plenty of mountains. And at the end of the day, the beautiful part for those whose life belongs to Jesus is no matter where you find yourself at, there's still always one more mountain that we have coming for us, one more high place, one more of the greatest level of feeling, of knowing and experiencing God, and that's heaven. So wherever you're at today, this isn't it. Don't stay here. Whatever you may be going through, God is with us. He'll carry you through. But know this, God wants to speak and do something amazing. He wants to speak into your life. I pray he's doing that now. He wants to do something amazing in your life. Let's get through the valley. This isn't our destination. And let's watch God do something amazing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. You guys with me today? Say it with me. God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're always with us. Jesus, you are with us. And so we thank you for that. We don't have to go through our valleys alone. And when we're on our mountaintops, we celebrate with you because you're good to us. And so God, we look to you to be our everything, to be with us. If you're in this room today and you need Jesus, you need Jesus to take control of your life. You need to surrender to him. You need that supernatural strength that can only come from God. And you're ready for a fresh start. You're ready for a new beginning and you're ready for God to, to clean the slate, wipe the sin away, give you that fresh start and give you access to supernatural strength in the valley. That's you. You need your sins forgiven. You need a clean start with God. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. We just want to pray for you today. But you say, that's me. Pastor, I need God to give me a fresh start. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you sit? Say, that's me. I need God in my life, Pastor. Awesome. Yes, once you raise your hand, you can put it down. Say, that's me. I need, I need a fresh start. I need God to give me a new beginning. Awesome. Maybe you're watching us online. You say, that's me, Pastor. I need, I need God to give me a fresh start. I need that in my life. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart, that you're putting your faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And through that grace, you can be saved. And so let's pray this prayer together. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time and we celebrate with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.